You're listening to Life Repurposed, where you'll find practical biblical wisdom for everyday living, creative inspiration, and helpful resources. Grow your faith, improve your relationships, discover your purpose, and reach your goals with topics to encourage you to find hope amid the trashy stuff of life. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. This week, my guest is Jody Cooper, who calls herself an incredible sinner saved by a more incredible God. After years of painful misunderstandings about the Christian life, a crisis in her marriage finally led her to understand the gospel and its power to change lives. And today she talks about that and how she has come to know God in a deeper and more personal way. She now writes children's books designed to help parents disciple their kids at home, and she has a YouTube channel where she shares biblical wisdom for family discipleship. Jody is from Perth, Australia, and you're going to be able to tell that from her accent in our interview. She lives there with her husband and her two children, and she talked about her family life in this interview. She has struggled with anger, and she's very raw and open about how she has processed through that. And we talked about how we have both experienced relapses in anger and how we have to go back to God and ask him for forgiveness and ask the people around us for forgiveness sometimes as well. Jody was also very open and honest about the struggles in her marriage and how she and her husband have found some common ground, how they've worked through some of their challenges, and how they are parenting their two kids one of them on the autism spectrum. And so she talks about how that's affected her marriage and relationships as well. Here's my interview with Jody Cooper. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome, Jody. Thank you so much for sitting down to talk with me today. Thank you so much for having me. So I love this, that it's evening for me, morning for you. We yeah. are on the other side. I guess we'd be on the other side of the world if we're 13 hours apart. Yeah, yeah. And we just were chatting off air that you've never been to the U.S. and I've never been to Australia. So we'll fix that someday. <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> so if I visited you in Australia, what is something, if we went out to a coffee shop to sit down and talk right now, what would I order that's unique to Australia? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't go to coffee shops that much. Um, Let's pretend we went to a restaurant then. Okay. Something unique to Australia. Look, the only thing that I can think of is um, it's not even at a restaurant. I'm sorry. I just can't think of unique Australian things. But one time <laughs> I was at a, like a fish and chip shop cafe and my friend ordered like a, a deep fried Mars bar to have for maybe that's not uniquely Australian Whoa. but I just thought it was really weird <laughs> and it was so delicious so Deep definitely try one of those bars. if you come yeah yeah it's probably in America though I'm sure oh probably I yeah. it's probably a good thing I don't know where it exists yes <laughs> yes stay away <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you came here we'd we'd probably sit down and and either have tea or coffee at the coffee shop do you yeah. have a lot of those there yeah, not where we live, but definitely around. They're becoming much more, people want them everywhere in the area. Yeah, it's a nice place to go as a writer and get out of the house and sit down and just, I don't know, there's something about the ambiance of a coffee shop where I like to get out of my office and go right there for a while. That sounds so nice. I would love to, one day when <laughs> I'm not so, when I don't have young children, I would love to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it's, it's nice. Well, it's been a year since I did it. As we're recording this, it's been one year after everything shut down. And so I haven't done that. That was the the old way that I did my writing. But I love that we have in common that we're both writers. And so I'd like to know how long have you been writing? I've always enjoyed writing. I've only started writing in a more serious way in the last two years. Yeah. So have you done any writers conferences or anything like that? No, I don't know that there is stuff like that in my state of Western. I'm just in in like one of the smaller states of Australia. So I don't, I haven't heard about anything like that, but I'd love to in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that when my kids were pretty small, I started writing and I, I thought it was just for me. And then I decided I wanted to do more with it. And I went to a writer's conference and met some editors and learned a lot more about how to submit things for publication. Yeah, yeah, that would be really valuable. Did you love writing assignments in school when teachers assigned them? Totally, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I always found that I needed to be, when I was really passionate about what I was writing, it just came so natural and seemed to, I I don't know, I I really enjoyed it and and I felt like the things I could craft, well, I really enjoyed reading them, you know, because they were full of passion. And so there was a long period in my life where, I, I just didn't really have anything that I was passionate about to write about. So I feel like that was why it didn't really happen. And then suddenly there was this like overflow of, of passion for me to, mm-hmm. to start writing again. That's really what sparked me, I guess. I love that in the Life Repurpose book, you tell some of your parenting journey. I know there's so much more to your story because in 1,500 words, you could hardly get into (laughs) your life story, but you talk about a little bit of your parenting. So take us back to when your son was born and a little bit beyond that and and what you discovered when you really needed to depend on God. Yeah, so my son was born and that was like I guess for for most mothers um it was an amazing moment and time I just remember being so so filled with joy and um it was a really special time and uh, then he started growing and developing and there just seemed to be something different about him and for a long time I really um thought that I was doing something wrong, blame myself. And, Mm. um, you know, I was quite isolated as well when I first became a mum because you're moving from like one circle, you're like, you know, your job kind of circle to trying Mm -hmm. to make some mum friends. And I I was, yeah, I was really struggling. I didn't have my mum around or much support. Um, So there was a lot that was happening that I was concerned about, I guess, that I didn't really have anyone to talk to about. Um, and so my son was born around the same time as two other friends. And so I had babies at the same time. So they grew up um, really together. And I just remember seeing them hitting all these milestones and being like, mm. hang on, like, why, why isn't this happening for us as well? So I, I blamed myself for a long time and thought that mm. there was obviously something that I was doing wrong because I was new to this whole game, you know, yeah. don't know. You don't know what to expect or you don't know what to do when things are not going right. So um, I really, yeah, I really struggled with understanding what was going wrong and then um, some people started saying some things and making some suggestions to us and we went um, to 
see some specialists and my son got the diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder when he was about two years old um, and that was a huge relief for us initially because we were like mm. right we know what's wrong uh, and I remember sitting in the sitting in the room speaking to the psychologist and she was breaking news to us and she'd asked us you know like um how how will you feel if if he gets the diagnosis and everything and we we just said oh my goodness we'll be we'll be so happy we'll be relieved <laughs> and we'll know what we're dealing with because it's just so hard when you don't know why your child is struggling in these ways um and so she she said yes you've got the diagnosis and she was like do you have any questions and I said um so so now that we know what's wrong with him like you're gonna fix him right mm. and I just remember there being like silence <laughs> For a little while and and then she kind of launched into this talking about how um they don't know how he's going to respond to to therapy and they don't know what his capacities are going to be and there's no way to kind of look into the future and say well this is what he's going to be like because it's a it's this spectrum disorder of um it's just such a very kind of a thing I guess there's not one uh, prognosis or or way that it's going to go in the future and uh, yeah I just I couldn't like hear her speaking anymore after a moment because my head was just spinning because I had in my mind get the diagnosis and then he'll be fixed and mm-hmm. he'll be normal and he won't have these extra challenges that he has um so it has from then so that was like a bit over a year ago to now I think I've been going through the phases of, of grief really of um mm denial for a long time and then acceptance and and starting to learn to to live with our new normal but God has been mm-hmm. um a huge part of that process for me and I, I've learned so much along the way. How was it for your marriage when you found out that you were going to be facing some parenting challenges together? Um I think it was probably something that brought us together a bit we um we have had a very rocky marriage um I really struggled with anger a lot throughout our marriage and it wasn't um those things were still really going on a lot in our marriage at the time when the son was born and when he was young it was more kind of after my daughter was born that we finally got some help and and I have being able to realise that I have this anger problem and um, find some strategies that help me to to deal with it. I was really in denial of that. So I think it was, at that time, it was something that probably um, helped us to connect and um, a shared kind of goal, I suppose, yeah. That's amazing because I know just the the regular parenting things that come with having a baby. I had two kids in two years, so they're fairly close in age. And yeah. I can't say that that necessarily brought us together in our marriage. I think it was yeah. a point of contention of who's going to take care of which baby and all of that kind of thing. So, yes. um, so that's amazing that God has used it as a tool for bringing you together. We definitely had those those normal struggles as well, but <laughs> we we were like, right, we've got to we've got to work together to help this little boy. Mm-hmm. He needs extra help. Yeah. From what- um, a normal little boy would need and so we need to be a team on this I guess it was it was a great thing in that you know challenges and struggles have have that way of, of bringing out a, 
a, a great strength, I guess, in, yeah. in situations. Yeah. I know exhaustion has a way of bringing out a side of me that I don't like. Yes. <laughs> a side of me yeah. that I don't really want other people yeah. to see. Um, yeah. It is different now that I'm on the empty nester side of life. It's a lot different as the kids grew. But when our kids were little, I feel like I was always at my husband. It was criticizing this or that. And yeah. I, I don't know that I was the most pleasant person to be around most of the time. So yeah. how did you cope with that as you were having the strain in your marriage? Like what brought you to a place where you realized you needed to have some help? I was having, so the, it all kind of started a little bit before my second daughter was born. I was sitting having a conversation with my sister and just talking about some of the things that were happening in our marriage. And she just like, the more that I spoke, her expression was just like changing. And eventually <laughs> she just said to me, why are you having another baby? And I, it, it really shocked me and she didn't say much more than that. She didn't need to because I, I just, I needed that outside perspective because I wasn't talking to anyone about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it was all, and my husband is so, he's so respectful of like marriage boundaries that he wasn't really talking to other people about it either. And so because we didn't really have others yeah, we didn't, we were quite isolated where we were living and everything. Didn't really have others that we could be super open and honest with. So a lot of stuff was going on and we had no, I had no accountability, which I really needed. And so just this mm -hmm. simple comment from my sister was enough for me to be like, oh my goodness, like what is, what is going on? And at that moment, I didn't understand like the depths of the problem that I had, but I, um, we, so it set us on a path and we, we started making some positive choices from them we got a bit of counseling but that was really focused on my husband and then um we were and I tried all these things you know I went down all these roads to help me deal with my anger and just nothing had helped and I was at the time I was like maybe I need to contemplate like or think about hypnosis or something like I just was so desperate and then we met up with a friend and he um had had huge anger issues and he just told me he said you need to pray and fast like you you need to really dedicate some time with with God to understanding what is going on and what needs to change and I hated hearing that because I hated fasting it made me so it made me a worse person I at that time because I was so <laughs> rumpy and awful and I was like this is not the answer but I did and so I had like quite a small baby at the time so it wasn't a crazy fast wasn't a full fast mm -hmm. but I was hungry and that was that was really all that I needed and I picked out all the Bible verses in the, in the Bible about anger and kind of just put them into this little short sentence and put my name in where it needed to be mm. and spent a week meditating on what God said about anger. And I realized in that week that I did not feel the same way about anger that God did. I loved my anger. My anger gave me power and control in my relationship. And I loved that. Like I am mm. a crazy control freak. And so having that exposed and also having it exposed that I was, I wanted my anger to go away because it was inconveniencing me. It was making my husband mm. upset and, you know, doing these things <laughs> that were like, you know, um, interrupting my schedule and stuff when things like that were going on. It wasn't because I was offending God and his good law when I was um, treating my husband that way and 
Yeah, God just really like pulled back the curtain on my heart to like the darkest corners of what was going on in there. And I I feel like I experienced like repentance really for the first time then. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really changed me. Yeah. So, so like I definitely, I'm not saying at all that I never get angry. I still get angry, but I do too. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I am so much quicker to, to repent now most of the Mm. time. Um, mm-hmm. because because back then I just didn't even feel like God could help me with my anger. I did not see a way forward. I didn't understand really the dynamics of what was going on in my flesh. And so now, so now I just I hope to try to to repent quicker and to mm-hmm. and to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help me when I get stuck in like an anger rut because before I just didn't even do that. I didn't didn't think God could help me, so I never asked him. But oh my goodness, he has such power to help us at the times when our flesh is just going wild he can come and move by his holy spirit and transform us and i've experienced that and it's amazing like my marriage is like a new marriage now it yeah i really wounded my husband a lot in that time and we've had to heal and restore but things are getting better all the time i think yeah i love that your solution was it seemed it sounds so simple you know, like yeah. it's not a program. It's yeah. not like yeah. a long count, a bunch of counseling sessions, which some people, I mean, I'm not discarding counseling as an, no, you know, no. something important, but yeah. it sounds so simple to look to God's word and put your name in there. And yet it's so effective. Yeah. I, yeah, we, that was just what I really needed because I was so in denial and so blinded by sin. So yeah, it was that time alone with God. And that was something really I think that I'd been avoiding in a way because I I knew there was some black oh, stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. I've done that before where it's like I am not going to open God's word today because I know <laughs> there's going to be something in there that's going to convict me. Yeah. And totally. I just want to sit here and my self-pity is really what, yeah. you know, sometimes I want to just – I've I've said before to people that I feel like the three year old self of me is still very alive and well some days. Me too. Yes, teenager self, teenager Jody. Like, yeah, yes. Yeah, at a moment's notice. <laughs> yes. And you know, it's not about being perfect, but the idea of a, a repurposed life is that God can take our struggles and turn them into something that not only brings Him glory, but brings healing in relationships. And also gives us an opportunity to minister to others. So I know you have a ministry that reaches out to mothers, but do you also minister to couples that are struggling? I've never really done that. So um, something something interesting that we've been finding is that, you know, whenever we meet with married friends or whatever, because we, we were living far away from a lot of our friends, so we come and visit and things like that, we'd always be like, oh, my goodness, you know, because we've had such such huge struggles in our marriage we're always like, we've got to like talk about marriage and like share about our issues and stuff like that. And often we do. And then um, people are just like, our marriage is going really great. So, so like, I, I'm not saying that I, I feel like our struggles have been quite extreme. Like my anger issues have been extreme, I think. And, mm. and my husband's, um, the way that he dealt with it um, was, so he's kind of got that more people-pleasing nature. So even when I was treating him awfully, he was still thinking, I've just got to be nicer, I've got to do better. And so that really exacerbated. It was just like a perfect storm. So mm-hmm. we 
yeah, we really, things were really bad for us. So we we haven't really had that many opportunities to to speak mm-hmm. to other couples about um, about what helped us. But I, I love, you know, getting to share in context like this and having mm-hmm. a wider audience and hoping that some people with similar struggles will, will be encouraged to, um, to spend some time alone with God. It's so important to also be open. I love that you're opening those conversations with friends because when we get together with friends, oftentimes we, you know, that's when you pretend everything is going really well. And then you have the argument in the car on the way home or something after being with friends. That is my life. That was my life. Yes. (laughs) So I think it's important to open up and be vulnerable and let people know that marriage is not perfect and that there is a lot that you have to work through. But I also love your commitment to not talking about the other partner to other people. My husband and I have that commitment too, where if there's something going on between us, we talk about it with each other. I don't complain to my mom and dad. He doesn't complain to his sister. You know, it's like we've committed to work on it first. And Mm -hmm. I love that you talk to your sister because that's you trying to reach out for your own struggle, but you're not like venting to your sister about all the things that your husband does wrong. Yeah. And my, my family are really amazing. Like they would never, if I, even if I, like some stuff has happened and I've definitely rung them and been like, Oh my goodness, I just want you to like beat him up verbally with me right now. And they never buy into that. And that is what you need from the people (laughs) that you go and talk to, isn't it? Like I remember, I just remember this one time my husband accidentally gave my son 10 times the amount of Panadol that he was meant to have for medication. And I just, I lost it. Like we had to rush into the hospital. He was fine. But, um, and I got home and I was just crying and I rang my sister and I was like, I can never trust this man again. He almost killed our child, blah, blah, blah. And she just like, the again, my sister's amazing. So the phone was just like quiet. And after a moment she was like, he is the best father that I have ever met. The things that he does with your children, like, you know, he's out right now taking them for this special little teddy bears picnic, the things he organises and the way that he loves them and spends time with them. And I, by the end of the phone call, I was crying for a different reason, you know, like yeah. you just, you need those people, don't you? Because there are always going to be moments where your mind lets you go a little bit crazy and yeah. you need to be brought down to earth by, by good counsel yeah. of, of wise people. It is, Yeah. I think naturally we want to seek out the people who validate us. And so if we can seek out the people who hold us accountable, that's way healthier for a relationship. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Such a blessing. So what's God doing in your life right now besides working in your marriage? Like as you look forward, has he given you any big dreams that you're pursuing? I know you've just started writing fairly recently. What When you dream about where God would lead you, where does that go? My passion, I think, is to, at the moment, to understand um, the gospel and how it affects our lives. So I lived, I was a Christian for a really long time and just didn't get it. I, I lived this, like, Christian really works kind of driven life and didn't understand the gospel and and then kind of as a result of the stuff that happened in my marriage and things like that I I discovered really the gospel for the first time in my 30s after going to church my whole life you know and so now my my passion is to to understand how the gospel actually 
affects my life right now today. Like I, I honestly thought that it was just like this doctrine that you believe in your head and then you're in the waiting line to heaven and like you're done with the gospel. It's just like on some shelf for when you want to win a soul or something, you know, that's honestly what I thought. But now I understand that the gospel is actually a truth that I need to be living my whole life in light of that every moment to moment I'm going to be putting my like my faith, hope and love in things other than God and that the gospel is a thing that I need to be constantly using to recenter myself to truth. Actually, this is this is what is true and like we and and resetting myself on that. So I guess I want to learn to to do that in my life more and more and and then the next thing that's important is to be ministering that to my family. So having conversations that are really gospel centered and, and bring us back to truth. Um, and then further afield through my ministry, I really hope to be able to share that with other people. So a huge thing for me was like, how do I disciple my family? It was a big question. And I, I've really been wrestling with that and reading the Bible and trying to understand that. And I've found the most amazing answers. So um, like the kids books that I've written are hopefully geared towards that. And then I also have my YouTube channel at the moment. I'm going to the book of Romans and uh, trying to like gleam the advice that it has for family, for discipleship and then applying it to the family context. And it is, it's just amazing. That book is amazing. Like I, I really think that I just want to spend this year trying to understand Romans because I don't have that much of <laughs> time. And it, it is, it is an amazing book. Like I, I'm just really loving it and I guess that is that's kind of where I'm headed at the moment my passion I love so much of what Paul writes and the -hmm. struggles that he talks about and the how we can have spiritual victory and being adopted as sons of God and daughters of God I love all that you I I love that focus on Romans because there is so much that you can get from that yeah definitely like I I just never understood so like living out of your new identity yeah and and that kind of being this transformative thing that actually you're not you're not a slave to sin anymore you are a slave to righteousness now and and the advice that it has for overcoming sin like I just never saw that and I really Mm -hmm. I really need that to to really sink into my heart and reset a lot of the way that I have thought and acted for the last 30 years. So that, yeah, that's really what I need. Yeah. Yeah. I love that in, in Romans, there's some focus on like what Christ did for us. And then there's this, therefore, there's several places where it says, therefore, and it's like, I miss those therefores. It was like, oh, that's cool. Jesus did that for me. Therefore, here's how you need to live. (laughs) Here's how you need to conform yourself to Christ. And I probably was in my thirties when I had my most spiritual transformation as well. Um, before I realized that I had lived like a Pharisee, really, and that um, God really wanted to break my heart for broken people. That's where the whole life repurposed, um, the writing about it and eventually podcasting about it, and then wanting to tell other people's stories like yours all came out of my mid-30s when I went through that, realizing that I had been living like a fake Christian for, for most of my life. But it's so easy, isn't it? And I, I'm a total yeah. like doer, so I would just skip to the just tell me what to do. 
and then I'd go on. Yes. And I would fail. I would totally fail all the time. And I, I just didn't understand. So like, you know, you read all that stuff, you read the gospel stuff and like your new creation and all this stuff. And you're like, I know that, like, why do you need to keep telling me that? Like I, but I didn't know, know it, you know, I wasn't yeah. living by it. So like, you know, how to believe means to live by something. And all that I had was head knowledge. I was not living by that truth. And it's something that we need to be continually being renewed in. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I was like the chocolate bunny version of a cushion because on the outside, <laughs> everything looks great. And on the inside, there's this hollowness that needed to be filled with grace and love and actually the fruit of the spirit. You know, it's like I knew I could list it all from Galatians, but I couldn't live it. It's a, it's a huge problem. And it's a work in progress. I'm not saying I have it all together. I'm a work no. in progress. Um, I'm more like Jesus than I was 15 years ago, but I still have a long way to go to become even more like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And some sometimes, you know, like I, I had this big anger relapse like a, a little while ago, maybe a week ago, um, and there was all this stuff going on in my life and extra stresses and stuff. And, and I just went into this like, anger destructive mode again against my husband and like I, I was so coming out of it um so like I went to see a counselor and um I was just like oh I'm having all these issues again like I don't understand and um and I was like I just don't know how to deal with sin and he was like what do you think you're meant to do to deal with sin and then I kind of listed the stuff and then he was like are you doing that and I was like like how do I how do I again slip so easily and forget again like there's just this I I need to remember I need to be more aware that there's this constant battle of the flesh Mm -hmm. going on inside of us all the time Mm -hmm. and to never think that I have you know overcome that or it's over for me like I've I've arrived I I think sometimes I start to think that and then God pulls me back into a place of humility again (laughs) yeah it sneaks up on us if we start to coast it's like you have to keep on moving forward or, or yeah. I will slide backwards and mm-hmm. to have those people who will point that out for me. I don't love it when somebody, especially if it's my husband, points out to me yes. <laughs> my <laughs> attitude is not good, but it is helpful. Mm-hmm. I eventually come around and realize he was right. And I, yeah. I've learned to tell him that too. I've learned now, instead of pretending, you know, like um, just pretending I didn't know he said that I needed to shape up, <laughs> I will go to him and say, you were right. I need to get that straightened out. So you talked about resources and you were saying you have a YouTube channel um, and you have books. Where can people find your YouTube channel? It's called The Gospel Led Family um, on YouTube. And is that linked on your website too? It is, yeah. So on like the first page of my website, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll find it. Okay. And your website is... Oh, I'll link to it because it's a little yeah, longer. I will link yeah. to it in the show notes because it, actually if people search for good news in the gum trees, it yeah, does come sure. up. So okay, they can great. search for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then also you have um, books. I want to know about the books you've written. Uh, yeah. So I've written six children's books. Um, for So I initially wrote them for my kids and then I have gone into so most of them I've just done some really basic illustrations for but then the last one was about God's glory so I decided to get a proper illustrator for that um and I have I've loved the the journey and the process of of researching writing and constructing these stories um but probably the thing that I like the best about them is that they all come with like a 
a study guide, which, so you don't have to buy the books, but you can just go to my website, download the study guide for free and use it in whatever way you want. Um, and it's just, is it's all about connecting these concepts so the books are about god's glory loving god loving others having joy having peace and one about beauty for like teen preteen girls and so it's all about how do i connect like the truth of god's word with my life today what are the areas where i need to apply this truth how do i apply this truth and so it just gives parents a framework for asking those questions and and digging a little bit and then like uncovering idols and and replacing them with God's truth, I guess, because that was something that I just had no idea how to do. And through the process of, of learning to do it myself, I'm like, man, it's something that I want to share with, with other parents, I guess. So um, you don't have to buy the books, but if you, yeah, if you want to just go and, and grab the free, um, the free resources, you can, you can use them at home today. Um, but yeah, the books. The books are like I just want to say they're they're very simple. Apart from the last one, I love the illustrations. So they they're kind of designed to be read with a whole family. So mm-hmm. um, with they're 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 not like children's picture books. So they've definitely got a bit of meat in them. But like I have to say that reading them, it's always like a really good reminder for me of these things and. And how to apply them to my own life. So what I what I hope to do, and I don't know if it's even possible to achieve it, is that parents will get some good reminders out of reading it. Teenagers, younger kids will hopefully be able to catch a few of the big concepts um, in the stories as well. It's my hope. Yeah. So it's really some teaching material for families in some ways yeah. for you to sit down and and read and teach with your kids. Yeah, definitely. That that is that was my aim in all of it, and. That, yeah, that was what I designed it for with my family. So yeah, so family that. discipleship. Yeah, that's that's the aim. So that you can take these resources and disciple your family at home. That's the perfect thing. Is we teach our kids, we learn something too, and we we absolutely we <laughs> yes. And I I look forward to the day when my kids can speak gospel truth into my life too, mm-hmm. because I I need it every day, just the same as they do. So as we wrap up, what would you like to leave with our listeners today? If somebody's really struggling with something like anger or going through some marriage difficulty, it might be somebody who received a difficult diagnosis of it with their child and they don't know what their next step is. What message of hope can we leave with our listeners? Um, I would, so I guess for that situation specifically, the thing that brought me the most hope, so I, I had idols, you know, around my son and hopes for the future and what I wanted for him. And those were smashed when he got the diagnosis and we, mm-hmm. we kind of understood the reality of what was ahead for us. And that was a great thing. Like it was painful, but that was that was a great thing because I had to replace that hope with something. And mm-hmm. it was it was the hope that we uh, were given really clearly through the Bible that those who believe in in Christ, one day they are going to be they're going to be made new and, you know, disease and, and disability and and sin are all going to be done away with and there is going to be this amazing new creation where, where all of these things that cause us a lot of pain and difficulty in this life and draw us closer to God, absolutely, like that's the gift of the pain, but these things are, are going to be gone and and we're going to be free to to just worship and enjoy and, and see God's glory for, for all of eternity. So it's been a long and 
and continual process of resetting my hope to to that heavenly, eternal, glorious hope. And and so I guess my encouragement to to you, if you're in a similar situation now, is is to put your hope um, where it belongs and where it's secure in in what God has achieved for us through Jesus Christ. Thank you for leaving us with that as we close today. Thank you so much for joining me from Australia as we had this opportunity to chat, Jody. It has been such such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And look, honestly, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm preaching to them because reminding myself of all of this stuff today has has been a great a great thing for me as well. So please don't don't think that I'm like speaking from a place of authority, but just of being a fellow traveler on this road. Me too. That's what the whole podcast is about. It's about my journey and everyone coming along yeah. with me. <laughs> it's just so great. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening. Yes, you're welcome. I will link to Jody's website in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 120. And that way you can get a link to her website, those resources she talked about, the free parenting sheets, her books, her YouTube channel, and all the things that she mentioned in the interview. I loved chatting with her. That was so much fun to get to know somebody who I met only through my writing and through no other means and to hear her story and to be able to encourage you. Jody's was the second to the last in the series this season with all of the authors in the Life Repurposed book. So next week we have one more interview. And then after that, I'll close out the season with some gratitude right at Thanksgiving. And then I have all kinds of things in the works for the next season as I'm working on new graphics and interviews are being recorded right now. So lots of stuff going on that I'm excited to share with you in the coming months. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next week. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com to get the show notes for this episode. Each week, I share links to everything mentioned in the episode, graphics you can share, and guest quotes. I also invite you to join the Life Repurposed Facebook community for weekly conversation with others on the journey of discovering the repurposed life. Before you go, which friend needs to hear this episode? Share a link with a note to invite them to listen. And thank you for listening too.